You're listening to a Weeby Geeks Network podcast. Another world, another time, in the age of wonder. There was once a dream, you could only whisper it. Anything more than a whisper, and it would vanish. A battle between good and evil. You don't know the power of the dark side. Where shall I find a new adversary so close to my own level? Try the local sewer. You know of the rebellion against the Empire? The Avengers, Earth's mightiest heroes. Peace means having a bigger stick than the other guy. One of these days, I'm going to have a stick of my own. I'm Groot. Welcome to the Neverland Podcast. The podcast for lovers of Disney, Pixar, Marvel, and Star Wars. I'm glad you're here to tell us these things. Please welcome your host, Jeremy. I thought he'd be taller. Yeah, I can fly. All it takes is faith. Well, if it isn't the Star Spangled Man with a plan, what is your plan today? Up to Neverland! Take your pixie out of your pockets, Neverlanders. Sprinkle some of that pixie dust around, grab your happiest thought, and let's fly away to Neverland with me, your head lost boy, Spider Pan Jeremy. I'm actually out of town, <laughs> so I have a conference I'm going to be at for a week and a half, so the show is going to be a little minimum for the next couple of weeks, but I did want to share a couple of interesting things that did happen this week, namely that we have a cast for Star Wars Episode 9, which of course, as you know, is written directed by J.J. Abrams, who did The Force Awakens, so he's getting an opportunity to steer the franchise where he was maybe thinking of it going in the first of the new films. But uh, what's been interesting about it, and you've got a lot of uh, different cast people, you know, a lot of people returning, uh, Adam Driver, Daisy Ridley, John Boyega, Oscar Isaac, Lupita Nyong'o, Donald Gleason, Kelly Marie Tran, Junis... Sotomo and Billy Lord, of course, all coming back. Uh, we're also going to get Naomi Aki, Richard E. Grant, and Carrie Russell joining this uh, the cast here. We also know that Mark Hamill is returning, so I'm figuring, you know, not to be surprised. We're going to have a Force Ghost of Luke. Uh, Anthony Daniels, of course, returning. Billy D. Williams, we've already talked about coming back as Lando Calrissian, but the big news is that we have footage of Leia Organa that was filmed for The Force Awakens that was not used, and J.J. Abrams has gotten permission from her family to use those in the new film. So Princess Leia or General Leia will be there in the film, uh, I guess probably saying the same lines that she had said in some unused footage. So, Or at least maybe they can have her in the background. Maybe she won't be saying anything, but they do say that you know it's going to be her voice. There's not to be digital, so... I'm expecting maybe she will be saying some things. So this is very exciting. The other exciting thing that has recently happened that I have to mention as the Fox and Disney shareholders have all approved the merger with Fox, which uh, it has been brought to light that Fox actually owns some TV rights to Batman with both the original 1960s series and with Gotham. So this is very interesting. So a Warner Brothers DC character has some television rights that uh, looks to be in the hands of Disney very soon. So that is very, very entertaining. Uh, but really what I'm going to do for the next couple weeks is 
Well, this week uh, we're going to hear from Palm, and I'm, I'm really bad at saying her last name, but she played Mantis in Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2 and Avengers Infinity War. Uh, I didn't catch her entire panel at Planet Comic Con this year. I walked in a little late, but I did get an opportunity to ask her some questions myself. Uh, and she was super sweet and super nice. And I don't believe I've shared this audio with you before. So I'm, we're going to listen to that this week. And I hope you all enjoy it. And I'll see you very soon. Uh, I do plan on being able to review Christopher Robin. However, I don't think I'm going to be able to do it next weekend. When I view it, I don't know if I'm going to get a chance to record anything. But we will have some Winnie the Pooh-related fun next week, which I'm actually going to put that show together as soon as I'm done putting this show together. So y'all have a great week, and I also want to share that I got some very nice feedback from Green Butterfly, who says that the show is really gets her money's off to a great start, and uh, we're going to see if she wants to come on sometime. I think she sounds interested. She had a really fun trip out to Walt Disney World, so when we've also finished hearing all of Eric's stories, she's gotten to share some things, and I think she even did like the virtual Star Wars. I'm not sure what you call that, but I want to get a group of people even to talk about that one. Uh, that sounds like really, really cool. So, but she sent me some very nice feedback and I do appreciate it. It's nice to hear that y'all, that I'm, I'm making somehow your Mondays a little better and your week a little better. Uh, that's kind of my motivation for keeping going with this. Uh, but in order to keep it going, I do need that Patreon support. I also have some new shirts available. If you go to NeverlandPodcast.com, you can find a link for our shop where all these shirts are available. I do have a unit Unicorn P t-shirt available. For those of you that have been listening and know what that is about, yes, a unicorn P. It's a lot. It's now a t-shirt. I think it's fun. Uh, I've also got some artwork by Lost Boy Philip. Uh, some really cool kind of futuristic sci-fi design of Spider-Man. It's very, very stylistic, very cool looking. Uh, and I'm going to give him a cut of every one of those shirts that are sold. So go and pick those up. Uh, and if you don't want to hear the ads that you're going to hear in the shows, make sure you go and join up and sign up on our Patreon for just a simple dollar a month. You don't have to hear the advertisements in the show. Alrighty, but I'm going to turn this right on over to that comment conference or a Comic-Con convention appearance there. And uh, y'all enjoy it. And I'll uh, talk to you next week. To Disney and beyond. Oh! Well, I feel like we start more with, um, you know, being on stage and exploring characters and scenes from, uh, from books, from, uh, from theater plays. And then at some point, maybe you have auditions from, for, for movies or for TV, but you don't really learn how to play in front of camera. It just you kind of learn when you when you get cast in something. Um, I don't know, maybe maybe there are some classes now that you can take just to work in front of a camera, but there it's more, you know, being on stage and, you know, doing yeah, scenes from the other play for sure. How did you and uh, get associated in with, with Spike Lee when you were in the old one? Um, Spike Lee, I, um, I got in touch with a, um, an American producer who was doing a remake of, um, of a movie I starred in, a French movie called Sleepless Night, Nuit Blanche, and, um, and he sent me the script and he made me meet the, um, the casting director and then I, you know, when it was time to have the audition for the movie, I, I had an audition with, uh, with her and Spike Lee, yeah. I saw some notes that you had gotten your first one getting into martial arts came around that film. Uh, yeah, uh, so I knew that the role would require some uh, martial arts and some fighting, and I was really new to that. But it's something that I always wanted to do, and I, I always really loved action movies, and it was my dream to be, you know, to do action.
actually to kick people's ass, to be honest with you. And, um, and so when I heard about that role, I was like, oh my god, that sounds amazing, but I don't know how to do that. So I took classes and I, I, I trained boxing. I was not great at the beginning because, you know, as you might know, it's really hard and, you know, you have to learn to take the technique before, you know, being, you know, good. And, um, but I, I did it, you know. I, I trained the most I could. So, yeah, and then when I got cast in the movie, of course I had to train martial arts um, like three hours a day, every day. I, I lost a toenail. <laughs> Bruises everywhere, but it was really, uh, it was amazing to learn that. Uh, the and kind of maintained with that through it became uh, continued with martial arts all the way up to the current day. Uh, yeah, I um, thanks to Jacob Perry, who's an amazing fight coordinator. He's worked with the best with uh, Tarantino, with Spike Lee, and uh, other amazing directors. He, um, he introduced me to uh, an amazing martial artist, and his name is, is uh, Jason Noviello. You can check his Instagram, <laughs> Jason Noviello. And, and um, he, um, he introduced me to him, and then Jason uh, taught me a lot uh, about martial arts, and kicking, and kickboxing, and taekwondo. And you know, thanks to him, in a few months, I was able to do the splits which I was not able to do before. And, um, you know, it's, uh, I mean, it's, it's great to learn something, you know? Yeah. Awesome. And the, uh, you've had such an interesting developmental career. It seems like as uh, each time you do a role, it brings something to your uh, set of skills that you then do the next movie, and it keeps on going forward from there to, um, was it Hacker's Game, uh, all the way up now to, you know, Guardians, when you're getting, you know, action mm -hmm. scenes there. Um, but one that just got really fascinating was your time working on the movie uh, Lou. Oh yeah, Lou. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, tell us a bit about that movie, but then kind of like the experiences you got to have, you know, in the making of it. Oh yeah, it was incredible. So it's a movie that I had to shoot in Oriental Siberia. So it's one of the coldest part um, parts of the world. So in degrees, Celsius degrees, because I, I count in Celsius and not in Fahrenheit, uh, it's 55 degrees below zero, so it's ex extremely cold. I don't know how you translate it Fahrenheit. Well, we can do the 42 degrees below Fahrenheit and 42 degrees below Celsius are the same number. So it's colder than 42 below. Okay, it's horrible. <laughs> so we have, really have to know you breathe, there's like crystals of ice in your nose, it's really weird. Um, so no, it was incredible because I I, I got to uh, hang out with um, nomads who live there, um, who are called uh, Evan Evans, uh, E V E N E S, and um, and they taught me how to uh, to ride reindeers and how to uh, drive a sled with reindeers, and um, and you have to learn that. But when when you wear a lot of clothes because it's really uh, cold, it's actually really hard to move because you're like a big, uh, you know the character in uh, Ghostbusters? The same thing, you're like, you know, and you're losing your stuff and you have like a big uh, whip, but you're supposed to do that for the reindeers, but, and then you lose it and then you're like, oh, I have to get it back and then the, the reindeers are gone and it's really hard. <laughs> That just seemed like it was a really neat I had to, to shoot with real wolves, and I love that because I love animals, and it was amazing. How was working with the wolves? Uh, it was it was great, and you know it's I mean they were like, trained of course, but yeah, 
I mean, in movies, they're portrayed usually as like mean animals, but they're not, and they don't actually want to fight humans, and they're trying to avoid them because they know that we are more dangerous than they are, and they, they don't want to fight them. But for like storytelling, it's amazing to make the, the wolf a bad creature, but they're not. And um, so they were trained, and they were used to being around uh, human beings, but each of them, there were like 12 of them, I think, and each of them had their particular um, uh, character, and uh, one of them was shy, another one was uh, a little bit grumpy, and another one was like, always like trying to lick our face, and you know, it's, um, yeah. So it's always like having a very serious, dire scene, and some of the wolves are trying to lick your face. <laughs> yeah. The, uh, what's been some of, you have any particular stories from the set when you were working on Guardians 2 um, that would be good to share with audiences that you could talk about or not too embarrassing? What? what? Stories from Guardians when you were making it? Oh, when I was making it? I don't know. You have to ask me questions. Okay. <laughs> I don't think it's hard to come up with stuff, yeah. you know? The, the Drax, you did your you did your chemistry read with him. Yeah. What what was what was that experience like? Oh, it was great. I, I love uh, I love working with Dave. Um, uh, he's he's a gentleman and he's um, he's he's great. He's so nice and you have to just you know when he talks about his wife, it's the most beautiful thing. And um, that was great to work with him and to work with all the other guardians. Actually, I can't wait to shoot the next one with them. Um, do they? When working with them in scenes, do you get most of the feedback coming, looping back from them? Do you guys work out scenes on the side, or is it James kind of doing uh, the direct kind of feedback? Oh, um, actually we do a lot of rehearsals with James, which helps a lot because you know exactly what you're shooting um, on, on the day that you're actually shooting. So we had, I think, two weeks of re rehearsals for the movie. So we went through you know, the script and maybe some changes and how we, move, we would move during the scene. And uh, it was really helpful. Yeah, so, so we, we did that. He's really organized, James, and he knows exactly what he wants uh, from the characters. Of course, you can bring your own ideas, but you know, it's, uh, it's really incredible to work with him. Um, also, as we're going, there are two microphones down here, so if you'd like to ask questions, feel free to start lining up. We'll keep on chatting, but when we have, oh, we've got someone coming to line even now. <laughs> Sir? Hi, Pam, you're terrific. Um, Thank you. You're welcome. Uh, what I want to know is, in Guardian, you have to wear those really big contacts to get Mantis's eyes right. What is that like? Is oh my god, really it's not really comfortable, to yeah. be honest with you. Um, it's, they're really big, um, they cover the whole eye, and um, it gives you tunnel vision, so it's a little bit weird, you know, it's, and um, it's like you're, you're like looking through um, a door, you know, um, how do you say, a lock? Like a hippo. Like ah, yeah, a hippo, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, and, um, and also there is someone, his job is to put um, eye drops in my eyes every 15 minutes to make sure that my eyes are still moisturized and uh, and to, like some sometimes they, the person has to like turn the contact lenses and to pop them for from from to make my eyes breathe a little bit so it's a, it's a whole thing yeah i'm sorry you have to go through that but thank you <laughs> <laughs> 
Hi, I'd actually, oh, my goodness, this is a little low. Uh, with now after having completed a Guardians film and then moving on to something like Avengers Infinity War, I wonder what the pressure is like knowing the anticipation for another Avengers film. What it was like going into that as being, you know, having just been introduced in one film and now you got to move into this huge ensemble cast with Avengers? Um, I mean, I don't really, I, I don't really feel the pressure because, of course, it's not my movie, you know, it's, there are so many characters. And, um, and, you know, I've done my job and I don't know what is going to be left in the movie. You know, like when I do the waving in the, in the, in the trailer, it's just like something that I came up with. It was not even in the script and I thought that it would be fun, but I, I, I was sure that they would never keep it, you know? They kept it. I was like, oh my God, that's great. That's funny. But, um, yeah, so I don't know, you know, when, you, when you're an actor, you never know, you know, what's, what they keep. So maybe there, there might be like less from what I shot, so I don't know, but I can't wait to see the movie. I haven't seen it, and I'm going to watch it like a fangirl, you know? More than like my movie, you know? Because there are so many amazing um, actors that I've admired my whole life that I'm going to be like, <gasps> you know? So yeah, I'm not going to feel the pressure. I'm going to be like, just like, oh my god, what's happening? Yeah. Thank you. Out of the whole Marvel Cinematic Universe, what would you say your favorite character other than the Avengers? Oh, oh, it's so hard. It's such a hard, you know, <laughs> such a hard question. I I love the the Hulk. Um, I love Groot, uh, of course. Um, I don't know. I love Black Widow. You know, before being in the Marvel Universe, I you know was like, ah, oh, she's the girl. Yes, I want to see more of her. So yeah, I'm excited about all the all the new female characters too. I saw Black Panther; it's incredible. Um, if you haven't seen it yet, just run and go see it right now. I mean, like, maybe not right now, but yeah. <laughs> uh, and um, yeah, and the female characters are so fun in the movie. They're strong and cheery. She's funny, and yeah, it's really exciting what's happening now. Um, you did some scenes with uh, Kurt Russell and some scenes with uh, Dave Bautista. Mm -hmm. Did they do anything outrageous, some funny things that did, any pranks on you or anything? Um, I, I don't know. I, I know that we had fun with, uh, with Kurt Russell. He's really funny. He taught me how to play bocce. <laughs> and um, it's funny because it's a, it's a game that people play a lot in the south of France and we always watch, uh, you know, kind of like older people like drinking uh, uh, pasties and you know, eating like you know, like stuff like olives and um, you know, and um, and just like playing bull, uh, bachis and bachi, and I never played it, and he taught me, so I thought it was kind of funny. <laughs> um, how was it like doing the Guardians Inferno music video at the very end of the movie? <laughs> <laughs> it was so much fun. It was so much fun. Yeah, and yeah, it was a lot of like dancing and just goofing around, which I love, and yeah. I loved it, and when I saw, um, uh, I came to set um, to shoot my part of the, the video, and I saw James Gunn all dressed up, and it was hilarious. Did they, uh, how did they prep for that? Did they give you guys particular, you know, what they wanted you to do, or did they just kind of let it rip? Um, I don't remember. Yeah. Um, no, they, they, they knew like, what we had to do, and they paired us up with like, certain uh, people or like certain people were just by themselves, and um, I don't know. I think that Chris Pratt he shot his part when he was in London, and uh, you know was kind of like they were trying to get everyone you know uh, when they could, 
And um, yeah, but I mean, we could have fun with the dancing, you know, it was not like, oh, you have to do this and this, you know, it was just, ooh, have fun, you know? Have you got, like, the pointy things on your head? Antennas, <laughs> you mean? Yeah? Um, okay, so amazing makeup artists. They put a prosthetic um, on my forehead. It looks like a pancake. It's, uh, you know, it's like pretty uh, thin, like a crepe. And, um, and it's just the beginning of the antennas. And then they just they kind of blend it with the makeup. And, uh, and they put like dots, like black dots, for the, to be able to, to do the CGI um, with that. And then with the CGI, they make the, the antennas much bigger. Oh, but when I shoot, I cannot forget about them because they're so small, you know? But people remind you, they're like, oh, you have like nipples on your forehead. And, oh. <laughs> um, <laughs> it must be so, was it fun that when you first saw um, the clips to come back with the effects in what the antennas were gonna look like and moving after the first one is like, oh, I've got antennas on my head. Oh, yeah, um, no, it was great when the, uh, the guys who worked in the CGI, the special effects, they came, uh, we were shooting the movie still, and, um, and they came with a computer and they showed me an animation with, uh, with my, me and with um, you know, the antennas, the CGI, and it was incredible. And um, yeah, they showed me different options, and for sure the one they, they chose in the end was the best, yeah. Hello, I have uh, two questions. First off, what was your favorite scene in the film in Volume 2? And, and what? What, what, what? What was your favorite scene to film in Volume 2? Mm -hmm. I love to be, like, it was fun to do like the, the you know, because I, I didn't have much action in it, but you know, to be hit by the rock was really fun to do. <laughs> because there was nothing, there was just a mat on my right. And I had to do as if I was hit by a huge rock, but there was nothing, you know. We say, action, rock, and it would be like, shh. You know, and it, was, it was fun to do. I love to do that. <laughs> and um, what is Chris Pratt like in real life? He's the best. I mean, um, he's even better than, you know, what you could imagine. He's always in a good mood. He's, uh, he's sweet, he's hilarious, and, you know, he just accepts uh, the best mood um, on set, you know. Because you know, when you're like number one on the on the call sheet, if you're not nice, you know, it's not it's not great for the other people, you know, because it just kind of like bleeds into like the the the, 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 the atmosphere, you know. But he's the best, so we had a great time. Awesome, thank you. Thanks. Uh, what was your least favorite part about working on the movie? Oh my god. <laughs> Um, I don't know, you know, I, yeah, uh, I don't know, you know, I try to forget these things, you know? Early, early morning call times. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah, when you shoot, like, maybe several days in a row, it can be tiring, but, you know, like, it's, it's what I love to do, so, um, yeah. Was that your first, was that your first film working against, uh, being in scenes against characters that aren't really there, purely against CGI interaction and stuff like that, or if you had done that in prior films? Um, I don't know, but you know, when you're an actor, you always have to imagine stuff that don't exist, mm -hmm. or that are not there, or you have to imagine situations that are not real at all. So it's just a little bit more of that, you know? 
when you do a scene with someone and you're supposed to love him so much and in real life you don't really care about this person, you know, it's just imagination, you know? So it's the same thing. When I play with Baby Gruden and there is like nothing in front of me or a tennis ball, I'm just gonna do a scene and you know, that's it. Of course it's better to have a human being, you know? But that's why James Gunn is so amazing because instead of uh, having a tennis ball of a rocket, you know, uh, it's uh, Sean Gunn, uh, who's an amazing actor, who plays Rocket. And when I try to pet the puppy, he's like almost biting my fingers, and you know, <laughs> I have to react to that, you know. <laughs> like that scene. <laughs> I think everyone kind of enjoys that scene. Of, uh, it's your puppy. Um, do you, in addition to the, the film work that you do, do you still um, do any theater work? Do what? Do you do any stage work or theater work? No, I would love to do that at some point. But, you know, it's like such different roles. So once you do um, movies, yeah, to go back to theater, you have to, yeah, really think of how to do it, you know, how to get in there. We'll see. You know, life is not good for me. What do you, because like they're kind of touching on um, any kind of pranks that might have happened on set or any kind of jokesters. Was uh, was James Gunn at all kind of a comedian on set or do any pranks or is he pretty much a down-to-business sort of director? What? James, James Gunn. Is James he a, Gunn that doing pranks? Yeah. Was he pretty much a straight-to-business? Because he always kind of presents himself very much. Hey, he's a great guy all the way around, but just when he's on set, is business all the way, or is he having fun along the way? Uh, I mean, we, we can have fun, you know, like sometimes like stuff happens and it's funny, or like, you know, sometimes like Chris Pratt is gonna like say something that is hilarious, maybe it's not gonna make the cut, but you know, um, he doesn't do pranks, he's like really, um, you know, he's like, directing, you know, and um, I don't know, uh, James loves to, uh, you know, tell that story when we were, like, the only pr prank that we can remember is when we were rehearsing, um, uh, before shooting the movie, we were rehearsing with uh, Dave Batista, um, and, you know, uh, we were doing this scene that gets pretty emotional when I, I touch him and I read him and I, I go through his past and, you know, and, um, and, and then we, <laughs> And then we see Michael Rooker's ass, you know? Uh, he just like t uh, put his pants down and he, just, he was just like putting his, his butt against the window of the, the door and it was pretty hilarious, you know? It was pretty, uh, you know, pretty bad timing to do that, which was even funnier, so yeah. <laughs> but you know, Rooker, you met him, right? He's hilarious. <laughs> it sounds like Rooker. Yes. I, I was wanting to know, like, um, like, how does the studio like pressure you to like keep secrets about like Avengers and everything? Like, do you know everything about that already, or do, you, do they keep it secret from you? What? How they pressure me? Yeah, like. Uh, I mean, you know, it's not like they're coming to my place and with a gun and saying, "Hey, don't you anything." No, uh, no, it's part of my, you know, it's part of my contract and my job to just keep my mouth shut, you know. And you sign an NDA, so you're not supposed to tell stuff about, you know, the movie. It's great because you know it's a surprise when people see the movie, so you know it's nice too to keep it special, you know. But it's hard sometimes, for sure. You know, when I got the role, I was just I was so happy. People were like, "What's happening?" I was like, ah, "No, nothing." 
It was like, think how much it was for the Walking Dead cast. I think you made it with a Negan. And then for an entire year, they're all like, ah, you're all going to lose your mind. Same kind of thing. Everyone's like, we know what happens in Avengers, but you're going to have to wait to find out. Because that way we can all be there in the theater and go, wow. Yeah, that was part of that fun of seeing it the first time. Ingrid Goes West is one of my was one of my favorite movies last year, so thank you so much for that. Um, I know. I mean, I'm very in the movie. Yeah, but thank you. I love the movies. Yeah. <laughs> I was gonna. Um, what's your favorite form of social media? And did you and Elizabeth Olsen bond even more after doing that and then going to Infinity Wars? Um, uh, I love Instagram. For me, it's I don't know. I like the format. I like the. I don't know, I like pictures, you know, I like to, to share stuff that I like and um, I find it more intimate in some way, which is completely not true because, you know, the whole world can see it, but I don't know, it feels like more like a gallery, it feels like a little, you know, a, a gallery of stuff that you can post and, you know, share with people and, um, yeah, um, uh, and Lizzie, mm -hmm. uh, yeah, it's funny because we've done three movies together already so, and actually it's funny because she joined Instagram uh, when she did the movie, she was not on Instagram before. And now she's hooked, she keeps posting stuff. <laughs> That's cool, right? Yeah, Thank yeah you. I like her. Uh, between your more action-oriented character in the remake of Old Boy and your more emotionally-based character in uh, Guardians, you have a favorite kind of character you like to portray, or a favorite kind of movie you like to be in, or do you prefer to mix it up? No, I would love, you know, I, I love to mix it up, and I would love to do really different things. You know, I would love to do also really goofy comedies. I would love to do uh, French movies again, independent movies, uh, big action movie, and um, I don't know. I just want to have fun and uh, try to challenge myself. And you know, and the, the actors that I admire the most are the ones that you know take risks and do different things and that um, who are uh, where we don't expect them. So yeah, hopefully I would love to do that too. Thanks. Hi, um, so I have two questions. One, what is your favorite movie? And two, what is the difference between working on an American set versus like a French or a European set? Okay, so I'm gonna answer the second question first. Um, there is a, a bottle of red wine on the table of a French movie set. <laughs> so that's a big difference. <laughs> but you don't have to drink, of course, but you have to drink. <laughs> um, and then what is my favorite movie? It's really hard because I have a lot of favorite movies and, you know, I think it changes uh, throughout the years. And um, if you see a certain movie at a certain age, it's going to touch you um, in a different way that you see it maybe when you're older. So, you know, it's tough, but I, I know that movies that made a big impression on, on me are, you know, I love uh, Old Boy by Patrick Wook. I love um, The 25th Hour by Spike Lee, um, the Terrence Malick's movies. Uh, I love Tropic Thunder and <laughs> Stiller. You know, it's, it's funny because when people ask, you know, what is your favorite movie, it's always like, oh, really serious movies, you know? People don't want to say, you know, like big comedies, but, you know, some of them are really good. Um, I don't know, it's tough. I love the Jacques Audiard movies, you know, I don't, I don't know if you saw, like, Rust and Bill, um, I don't know, the, the translation in English, uh, My Heart Stopped Beating? No, I don't know. Um, yeah. Thank you. Thank you.
if, uh, if there were any actors that you would really love the opportunity to work with, what are some you know, top people that you would just love to get to do scenes with? Uh, people that I want to do scenes with? Yeah, that you'd like to work with on a film or television. Oh, I love Tilda Swinton. I would love to work with her at some point. Uh, Steve Carroll, too. <laughs> and I heard that he's really nice, so that'd be awesome. Um, I don't know, who else? So many amazing like, people to work with. It's hard to, to pick, you know? Yeah, with um, Marvel and Disney being so closely related now, how um, active, like is Disney, like do they have their executives come on set once in a while to like check and make sure like they're okay with everything going on or do they kind of just hand the reins to Marvel Studios and they're kind of okay with everything that they're putting out? Uh, I don't remember. <laughs> I don't know. I was just I, did, I was just curious, just because I didn't know if like Marvel had or if Disney had approved everything Marvel Studios was doing because it's kind of under their blanket now, or if they're like okay, I think they they work like, closely together, but you know Marvel is doing really well. I feel like you know, so Disney trusts them too. You know, I mean there's like also yeah freedom in the you know in the Marvel universe, and like, I think Kevin Feige is just a genius. You know, and he keeps the you know. The universe makes sense always. Yeah, not they, all they, over the place. I mean, with their track record right now, successes. Is, I think Disney knows when they've got something that's going solid, and they don't want to, you know, rock that boat mm -hmm. too strongly. Keep, keep it going. Yes, you can. Do you think Mantis and Drax will be boyfriend and girlfriend? <laughs> Guardians of the Galaxy Mission Breakout Ride over at Disney's California Adventure and what you thought of it. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, I went there for the opening. It was really fun. So you have to be careful to not eat too much before because it's just a lot of up and down and really, really fast. So, but it's, uh, it's great. It's fun and all the, the story with, uh, um, with uh, what's his name? Benicio Del Toro. The Collector. The Collector. Yeah, the Collector and the Guardians. It's really fun. Thank you. Actually, no. See, that's weird because I'm a Disney podcast host and I've only ever been to Walt Disney World and my co-host goes to Disneyland and brings me back audio that I can play from our listeners. So I've gotten to hear it, but I haven't gotten to write it yet. You have to go. I know. And my wife has never oh, been no. to a theme park like that. So I'm like... You go to Black Panther and you go there, okay? I know. And I've been working this whole weekend, so I haven't gotten a chance to go see the movie, so I can't even review it for my listeners. It's... <laughs> it's but, the rides actually look really great. I got a chance... A couple weeks ago to go see it, and it was, it's, it's a lot of fun. You have the podcast recording, you hear lots of screams as people are going, going and dropping up and down. But again, that must be fun that, again, you're working on a project that it is the film, it is the project, but there's all this tangential stuff around with it between the Funko Pops and action figures and rides. And yeah, and like Doritos, uh, like chips and stuff like that. It's crazy. I never found it actually. Does anyone have the Doritos? Uh, pack of chips with a mantis on it? No? <laughs> I'm looking 
for it. <laughs> but I, I, I would eat it. That's bad. I shouldn't frame it, you know, once I find it. So well, once you finish eating them, you save the wrapper. You're just gonna put that. Yeah, but it's not the same, you know. What would you say your favorite song is from the Garden of the Galaxy Volume Two soundtrack? Oh my god, it's so hard. Um, no, um, I would say I, would, I love this song because for me it brings back, you know, the song is more about what it just uh, reminds you of, you know, and the, the memories and the nostalgia and all that. Um, when we're shooting, um, shooting the scene, you know, we're like all looking at the sky and I say it's beautiful and uh, Drex says something not really nice. And, uh, but, but you know, we're all together, all the guardians, and we have the we had like the, the music in our ear. How do you call that? It's just like a stuff that you put in your ear. Yes, an earpiece, and it's just in your ear like that, so like from the outside, no one sees that you're listening to something, and so it's like really intimate, you know? We were like all the actors were all listening to the same song at the same moment, and just looking at the sky, and it was the end of the movie, you know? So it was pretty uh, uh, emotional too at some point, you know? It was nice. A uh, father and son. That was the song. <laughs> Thank you. Sure. I had two short questions for you. One, uh, did you ever get the chance to meet Stan Lee when you were on set? Yes, I met him on set, and um, which was amazing. And then I met him again. Um, we did um, uh, how it's how is it called? It was like an event, um, like to celebrate his career. And um, yeah, and so I went on stage and we, we chatted a little bit, it was really nice. And then question two, you had mentioned the bottle of red wine. Uh, what was the food selection like they had for you on the set? <laughs> of, of Guardians? Yeah. Yeah? Um, I don't know, you, yeah. You, Yeah, no, of course you can't eat like, stuff like that, which is not really good for you. But um, I don't know, you can like order stuff or, you know, things like, I don't know, stuff that people eat, like, you know, <laughs> meat, fish, and vegetables, yes. and burritos, <laughs> and uh, rice, and I don't know, it depends on the menu, you know? I mean, I'm guessing they would bring you just about anything you ask them to, is that right? Yeah, but I'm not the kind of person who's going to ask for something like, weird that is annoying, fine, you know? I don't know. Um, you know, it's like, 
there are like three, um, how do you say, trois tours. Three, uh, you know, you do one first one, and then some people are eliminated, and then second one, and then third one. Levels? Rounds. Oh, rounds, yeah, it's not a video game, yeah. Maybe <laughs> <laughs> levels um, Yeah, rounds, three rounds, and it was the second one. Hmm. Yeah. I remember my, my lip bled, I think it was weird. That was, but then it also speaks about the talent that you had coming into it. Like what I mentioned, that you came late to theater and getting started at 18, going in, and then you did the competition, and then that gave you a couple of years of scholarships going to going to school for it. And that's you know that that speaks a lot because you have a lot of people that you know grew up with theater from you know, three years old on stage, and you came to us like and knocked it out of the park and did so well. So now. Yeah, now we get to see you in this evolution of movies and films. It's like seeing where you grow as an actress and as you know, more directors flash out. It's like, I want her in my film. Um, are you currently uh, casting or in project on anything else? Uh, anything else coming up? Are we pretty much just focused on uh, Avengers? Um, yeah, I've been shooting Avengers yeah, for a few months. It was kind of hard to, uh, to shoot. Um, then and um, and now I'm just making sure of you know making the right choice. I still um, audition most of the time. I also get offered stuff sometimes, and you know most of the time it's like oh no I don't want to do that. But you know um, yeah we'll see. I just want to make the right choice and you know have fun and I don't know yeah we'll see. Um, I was wondering, can you tell us a little bit what it was like to get together with all the MCU actors for the 10th anniversary class photo? Oh, it was great. I mean, so um, so many of them I've admired my you know almost my whole life, and to be amongst them, it was really incredible. It was really fun. That's an amazing photo just by itself. Just that collection of everybody, and it brings us together. You know how much. You know, Marvel is built out of that at that universe, and now you're a part of it. Yeah, yeah, it was it was fun. I look like grumpy, but you know, <laughs> like some people like smile and it looks like they have fun. And <laughs> but anyway, yeah, no, it was a great day. You know, we I got to talk to a lot of you know really amazing people, and yeah, it was nice. I felt lucky. So post Avengers, so you're kind of looking around. Do you think you would like to gravitate towards um, a non-genre film next, like a drama or comedy, but you know, not in a science fiction genre, or just kind of like see what floats up? Oh, depends. You know, it's all about finding the good role and a good story, and work with a great director if possible. And you know, depends. I would be happy to do, yeah, sci-fi again. You know, of course. Who do you think has been your most influential director? Because as you mentioned, the, when you were coming up for you know, in school, it was very much for the stage. It was really focused for how to act in front of the camera. Who would you, would you credit as kind of like one of your big influences for teaching you how to act behind the camera? Um, you just do it, you know? I think there is no like, lesson that you can take. Of course, it can help. But you know, it's all about being in the moment and just like talking to the person who's in front of you and listening, and then you know, and of course, if there are lines, you have to know your lines, you know, and um, yeah. But it's like with the directors, how about the instructor working with the directors as far as kind of drawing those performances out of you? Uh, I mean, I, I learned a lot with uh, you know Spike Lee. I learned a lot with uh, James. And um, you know, each um, each experience is um, is just um, a little bit more 
make, makes you a little bit more, um, I don't know, teaches you more, and um, yeah. What was it like working with Spike Lee? Oh, it was great, it was great. It was funny when he would call me on the phone, I was uh, in France uh, then, and talk about the character and choose the name together, and, um, and yeah, he would send me texts, and you know, he, when he writes a text, there's a cap letter to each word, so it's a little bit like, oh, I don't know how he does that. How do you do that with your phone? It's like God is texting you, you know? It's like, oh, there's light coming out of the phone. Um, yeah. And uh, I see that he, he tasked you to help come up with a name for that character in that film, didn't he? Asked, asked you to help kind of advise what you wanted to call Yeah, I thought it was kind of funny because he said, uh, uh, yeah, uh, find a Korean name. I'm like, yeah, sure. I mean, my mom is Korean, but I was not raised by her. I don't know how to speak Korean. You know, I have no idea. So I just went on a, on a website with uh, the alphabet, with like, like just all the names, all the Korean names that can exist. So I started with the letter A, and I gave him like options of names that I liked, and then he said, keep on going. Like, okay, B, C, D, keep them going. He was like, Okay, E, F, I did the whole alphabet. I think it took like, I don't know, an hour? <laughs> it took so long. And then at some point he said, how do you say happiness? Uh, and then I looked it up, Hangbok, and then he said, do you think it's a good name? I said, yeah, I think it's a good name. Okay, it's your name. <laughs> Very cool. All right, so when watching uh, Guardians Volume 2, uh, when Mantis is on screen, are you like, hey, that's me, or are you like, uh, that's Mantis, I don't really know that person? <laughs> uh, no, it's always weird, actually, to, uh, to see yourself or the, the character that you played. I mean, like, you know, because of course it's myself, but you know, it's like contact lenses, antennas, you know, there's like much more going on. Uh, yeah, it's weird, and, uh, but it's fun too, you know? I don't know, because it's, it's um, of course it's, it's um, yeah, it's what I played, I mean, you know, it's what I, I created, but it's what James Gunn created, the character that he wrote, and it's what the makeup artist, uh, you know, did uh, on my face, and the makeup, and the hair, and the costume, it's everything, you know, everyone who worked um, towards the, the same direction, and that's pretty amazing, you know? Thank you. Thanks. And it must also be kind of, Fun going from just like when you saw your antennas for the first time, you know, you're working day in and day out in the midst of a bunch of green boxes and other various pieces, you know, with your fellow performers, and then you finally see it with all the effects laid in. And just the difference that something makes that, you know, all their process is no longer Sean sitting there, but it's Rocket that you're now interacting with and just seeing that final product. The when you actually when you saw the pet your puppy scene for the first time with everything in it, what was your thought? Uh, yeah, I thought it was funny. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, but you know, when you shoot something, you never know how it's going to be edited either, you know? And you can make a, um, a scene more efficient and funnier with the editing, you know? And with the, the rhythm, how it's going, and what you see, you know, you can see uh, Rocket's face, or my face, my reaction, or his reaction, and it changes the scene, too. So, you know, it's amazing to see that on screen, and to see the, the director's vision, you know? You alluded that you did, um, that James would have, have you guys do um, multiple takes, kind of trying things slightly different ways, and sometimes actors would, you know, throw in, you know, you waving, or someone else 
say a different line. I mean, like waving it's in uh, Avengers, but yeah. Well, I mean, so it's right, as far as being a thing that wasn't in the script, you guys just did improv. Um, did, uh, were they pretty allowing of that? Was put an actor kind of, can I try it again with a different, you know, take on it? Well, yeah, of course. Um, um, I mean, you know, these movies are, you know, the movies are really well written, so you don't have to, to change much, you know, I mean, you shouldn't, anyway. I mean, of course you can bring some stuff and like, oh yeah, I'm gonna say that. It's like, yeah, sure. You know, he gives you the possibility, but usually, you know, it's already um, really good, you know? Um, yeah, and you're gonna do it in different ways, a different rhythm, and maybe faster, and uh, what? <laughs> and, um, and what else? I don't see, I don't remember what I was saying. <laughs> Um, yeah, and sometimes, uh, usually the last take he says, okay, this one just for fun, so you do whatever you want to do. So it can be good or it can be, you know, weird and, you know, but he chooses what he wants in the end, you know? Um, about what you already know about Thanos, what is your opinion on him? I can't say anything. <laughs> <laughs> He's the bad guy. <laughs> He's very purple. <laughs> You've heard it here first. <laughs> um, if you could have, if you could play one of the other roles now in the MCU, which one would you love? No, but I can't. I can't do that. I love them so much, and I wouldn't do a better job than them. Uh, no, it'd be fun to just do Groot, you know, just to say three words over and over. <laughs> now, question: Maybe you could confirm possibly this. The understanding is. Groot's script has the actual words. Oh, yes! Do you know that? Groot's script actually has the real dialogue of what he is saying. That way he knows how to... I mean, through the he's like, I didn't think Diesel, but yeah, whatever. Yeah. Uh, no, it's amazing. So James Gunn wrote a version of the script um, for Guardians of the Galaxy uh, for Vin Diesel to translate each time he says Groot into what he would say if he spoke uh, English or like whatever language that is human, yeah. So, yeah, that's pretty amazing. But James Gunn and Big Diesel are the only people, I think, who, who, who know that and who have this script. So each, each time he says, I am rude, he's actually saying, he's saying something really specific. Maybe it would be like five sentences. It's just, I am rude, and, but we don't know. I was always thought it was brilliant James to I want to read that script. <laughs> It was just it was so smart of James to do it that way because it gives him so much more to play with. Mm -hmm. Very cool. And actually, if you could work with any you know, contemporary French director, who would you like to work with? Oh. Um, I don't know. I, I love Jacques Audiard for sure. He's amazing. Um, ooh, a good thing. Last question. So for your roles, do you find yourself leaning to more towards method acting or Meisner? Um, kind of relating back to your stage, I assume that you kind of translate that to film a little bit? Um, yeah, I, I tried Meisner actually. Uh, I took acting classes um, a few years ago. It was a little bit weird. It was repeating stuff over and over. It was interesting because it was all about listening. Um, I don't know, it's just like, you know, it's my, you know, from everything, all my experience in my life, 
in my private life and also with you know the, the classes that I took and the people that I worked with you know I just like I kind of like dig in that you know so it's not like one particular method and I don't think a method either because you know I respect people who are but you know I just want to have a good time on set I don't want to be like the one who's just isolating and uh, can't talk to anyone but you know if like, someone needs that why not and that's great you know but yeah, I'll see maybe I'll do that one day you know and you're, you will make fun of me but <laughs> thank you so much thank you well thank you so much for spending time with us today and for bringing such a great character like Mantis to this thank you thank you so much Thank you for listening to the Neverland Podcast. We invite you back next week for more fun and adventure. Until then, remember to keep a pixie in your pocket. It's that young at heart, positive attitude that you can share with others. And remember to visit our website at NeverlandPodcast.com. There you can find links to our news page, our shop, our contact page, where you can easily send an email to podcast at NeverlandPodcast.com. You can also find our Neverlanders page, where you can find out how to become an official Lost Boy or Pixie, because girls are too clever to get lost. Become a real Neverlander! Please feel free to leave us a voicemail at 816-226-6492. And be sure to follow us on Twitter at NeverlandPCast. And like our Neverland Podcast fan page on Facebook. We also have a group on Facebook for you to join. We also appreciate your support to keep the Neverland Podcast up and running. Visit Patreon.com slash NeverlandPodcast to donate to Keeping the Pixie Dust Alive. Copyright content featured on the Neverland Podcast is copyright of their respective creators and used under fair use license. All original content is copyright of Blue Band Productions and a very special thanks to Yeehaw Bob Jackson at yeehawbob.com for our new ending music. God bless! Yeah! Hello everybody, this is Yeehaw Bob Jackson. Neverland Podcast, we love you. Neverland Podcast, we love you. Neverland Podcast, it's true. Neverland Podcast, we love you. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.